0: Americans work more than 95% of the rest of the world. One in four Americans have no paid vacation or holidays. We are the only advanced economic economy that doesn't legally mandate paid vacation, Uh, Unlike 134 other countries, there's no maximum length of work, no maximum amount of hours that you can be required to work per week here in the U.S. Americans work pretty hard. But the question is, how hard, how much work is too much, how much work is too little? You know, uh, how do you recognize, for example, if your work is harming you, or if, if you're getting burned out, or how hard you should work, or if you should remain in your job? if you're getting burned out. We have some great Gospels today that can be very helpful with this. It's curious, our Lord was attracted to hard-working men, those are the ones he called, as his apostles. And here we see him going to Peter, going to Simon, taking over his boat, and after he had worked all night long, he puts him back to work he doesn't to open up shop again and to go out into the deep what would the lord ask of you if you say to him lord anything you ask of me whatever you want to do i'll do it if you say like isaiah who we heard in the first reading after he had this amazing spiritual experience this vision he said Here I am, Lord. Send me. What if you say that to the Lord? What does it mean for him to send you out into the deep? I'd like to talk a little bit with you today about work, about the church's theology of work, what it means to work well, and then apply that to our American culture in which we do lots and lots of work, probably a little bit too much. So, but first the theology. The church is teaching on work. Originally, work was good. Good and holy. You remember the first command that God gave to Adam and Eve in the garden. They were to work and guard the garden. They were to cultivate the garden. This is before evil, before sin, before anything else came into the world. Work was a gift to mankind, to human beings. Humans are made for work as birds are made to fly. Work is the way that we participate with God uh, in caring for creation. We work with the creator God through work. It reflects God, his nature in us. Work is important. However, some not-so-good things begin to happen. We see that as a result of sin, work begin to change. Uh, There was these curses that God gave to mankind. You might also think about calling them love lessons, opportunities to show love, to sacrifice yourself. This is what happened to Adam and Eve. There was a labor got divided. To the man, he said, you're going to toil and work the ground, but it's going to be hard and difficult, toilsome. It's going to produce thorns and thistles. To the woman, he said, you're going to labor in bearing children, but it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be hard. So labor became hard, difficult, toilsome, painful. And then things got even worse. We see it becoming futile even. You know the story of Cain and Abel. They both presented to the Lord the fruits of their labor. Abel gave the Lord his very best from his flocks. Cain gave the Lord part of his produce. And God favored Abel, giving him the very best. He got angry, killed his brother. His punishment was that his labor was fruitless. He could no longer produce crops from the ground anymore. This is the result of sin coming into the labor force and changing labor, changing human work. But then our Lord came along, and he began to work to bring labor back to what it was meant to be. For the first 30 years of his life, that's 90% of his time here on earth, he wasn't off doing miracles, teaching people, guiding people, dying for sins. No, he wasn't doing any of those things. He was laboring. He was working. He was known as the carpenter. He was like, like, like Joe Plummer or Bob Electrician. It was Jesus' carpenter. That's what he was known for. He was known for his work. 30 years, he sanctified work. He would change the way that people looked at work. You know, he would say things like, Come to me, all you who uh, are burdened with heavy labor, and I will refresh you. He would say things like, "Look Look at the birds. They don't sow or reap. They don't store in barns. And yet your heavenly Father cares for them. He showed that a person could grow in holiness through work. He pointed back to its original purpose, which was unity with God. Uh, St. John Paul, II, taught that um, through work, you and I get to unite ourselves with Christ in His work. If we offered up prayerfully, It can be a means for growing in holiness. As Jesus taught, anyone who comes out to me must take up his cross and follow me. One of the ways that you do that is through your work. Through prayerfully, Lord, this work that I'm doing today, these kids that I'm teaching at school, uh, maybe these studies that I'm engaging in and preparing for work, or um, the lawns that I'm caring for, this business that I'm trying to get up and going, this engineering project I'm working on. Any of these things, these these people I'm counseling, any of these things, if they're done prayerfully, turned over to the Lord, they can be a means of taking up your cross in following Christ, of participating in Christ's salvific work for the world. This is what Christ taught about work, bringing it back to its original purpose, bringing it back to um, becoming one with God, unity with God. Work becomes... Meaningful. So that's a history of work. That's the church's theology on work. It started out as a good thing, then it got twisted up by sin, until Christ began to bring it back to its original purpose: unity with God, salvific unity with God. So now let's take this this theology, the church's teaching on work, and apply it to here, to our culture. A lot of us, maybe you. Are like Simon Peter. He worked fruitlessly all night long. He was dead tired. Nothing came of it. He caught no fish. Uh, this is probably very discouraging for him and his crew. But then something changed. He allowed the Lord to get involved with his work. He allowed uh, God, the Son, second person of the Trinity, to get into his boat. And he began to take commands from him. And this changed everything for him. Suddenly his work became fruitful. Suddenly his work became meaningful. And we see this, you know, in this great catch of fish, one like he had never before experienced. How do you do this? How do you invite Christ into your work? To take Christ into your work? How do you turn to the Lord? Like Peter did. He realized he needed God in his work. And he turns to the Lord, he, he falls at his feet, and he says, Lord, I'm not worthy of you. How do you do that in your life? How do you turn to the Lord? There's a great example on how to do this uh, in a guy by the name of St. Benedict of Nursia. St. Benedict did this successfully. He was able to put together a system of labor that became the most successful uh, labor system, productivity system uh, that I know of. He's now the patron saint of Europe. So he brought together, this is beginning in the 6th century, he brought together men into monasteries. And he gave them uh, this, this routine, this rule of life to follow, this structured schedule of prayer and work. He called it Ora et Labora. Ora means prayer, so I think... Uh, ora is the spanish word for prayer when the priest stands with his arms held out like this this is called the oran's position oran's meaning prayer so ora means prayer Um, and then labora labor of course right so ora et labora prayer and work this is what he taught his guys and as a result of this very successful schedule those monasteries became the center of progress and productivity during a very dark and difficult time within culture. The monasteries were places where new agricultural systems and techniques began to thrive. They became places of science and chemistry, of learning. If you wanted to learn and grow, if you wanted to be at the top of your field, you'd go to the monastery, because those places became centers of knowledge. It was out of the monastery system that schools began to flourish again. It was out of the monastery system that the universities came to be, all throughout Europe. But all of this, all this productivity was based on aura et labora, prayer and work. Work done prayerfully, but then the work set aside and the true work taken up, what St. Benedict called the divine work, which was community prayer, what we're doing right here in Mass this morning. He taught his monks, he said... On hearing the signal for an hour of the divine office in the time of prayer, the monk will immediately set aside what he has at hand. Nothing is to be preferred to the work of God. So, whatever you were doing as a monk, you'd immediately drop it when the bell rang, you'd go to the chapel, and you would pray. And they would do this multiple times throughout the day and even in the night work and prayer. The whole purpose of work, this work that they did, was to lead them to prayer. This is bringing us back to the original purpose of work, that it leads us to God, that it leads us to the divine. This is, you know, what the Sunday liturgy is all about. This is what um, having prayer-specific time set aside, if you're able to, during during, during the work week is all about. You know, don't give in to the temptation of thinking that you can just rely on yourself and your own labor and your own productivity. You know, don't, don't give in to that temptation like Peter. He just labored all night not thinking about the Lord. Um, no, give yourself over to God. Invite him into your boat. It's then that you will truly be fruitful. If you can take up that rhythm of work, prayerful work, um, but then also prayer, setting aside that, that manual labor or these other things, uh, trying to earn money, and simply <coughs> turning back to the Lord. This is the healthy understanding of how work is to function. So in your life, you know, instead of asking, you know, what work am I called to? Many people ask that question. You might ask yourself an even more important question. How is the work that I'm doing contributing to the holiness of my life? How am I growing closer to the Lord through this work? Or instead of asking, you know, am I doing what I love? You know, everybody wants to do what they love. Maybe you might ask an important, even more important question. You know, what's so important that I should, without exception, drop this work in order to complete it? What's more important than even this, you know, this money that I'm trying to earn at this specific moment? You know, instead of asking, am I getting the best return for my labor? Am I getting this best bang for my buck? You might ask, how is my labor contributing to the community, to all those around me, to the betterments, uh, and to the spiritual and material well-being of those around me. So don't stop our Lord from getting into your boat. Welcome him with generosity. How can I welcome him? Lord, how can I welcome you into my boat? Um, How can I turn to you in my work, in my prayers, so that I may be truly fruitful in both uh, prayer and work, ora et labora, that God may be glorified? Amen.